الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد افلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون والذين هم للزكاة فاعلون والذين هم لفروجهم حافظون إلا على أزواجهم أو ما ملكت أيمانهم فإنهم غير ملومين صدق الله العظيم وسفكت العلماء الكرام بذلنا اللزة These are the ayat of Surah Al-Mu'minun. And in these ayat and verses of the Qur'an Sharif, and there are other ayat that follow thereafter, Allah Ta'ala mentions some sifat and qualities of the believers due to which they become successful. Success in dunya and akhirat is based on sifat, qualities. It's not based on what a person's financial position is, whether he was very wealthy or he was not wealthy. That is not the basis. If financial position was the basis of success, then Rasulullah would have been the most wealthy. That is neither a means of success nor necessarily a means of not being successful. It's a neutral thing. It's what a person makes of it. A car that is in neutral can be pushed both backwards and forwards. Just depends which way it's pushed. That itself is a neutral thing. But if that was a means or the guarantee of success, if that was the yardstick and the basis for success, then Rasulullah would have been the wealthiest person. Allah would have given him the greatest amount of wealth and he would have accepted it. Allah had offered it, but he declined it. The hadith Rasulullah says, Allah offered to turn the mountains into gold for me, the Mount of Uhud into gold for me. And it would have followed wherever I went. But I didn't accept that. Rather, Rasulullah chose that one day I should be having something to eat and I can make the shukr of Allah Ta'ala and one, thing, one day I, might, I should not have anything and make sabr. And he lived his life in this manner till the end. The ahadith have so much of detail in this regard about the poverty of Rasulullah Wasallam. The coarse barley bread, those days the bread was made out of barley, and barley is coarse, it's not like flour, wheat, wheat flour is much more fine. That coarse barley bread, the Sahaba say, Nabi Salaam didn't get enough to eat in one meal to such an extent that he could fill his stomach with it. And he never, managed, never filled his stomach with this coarse barley bread twice in one day. That didn't happen. If there was enough for one meal, there wasn't enough for the second meal. 
Sometimes for two months consecutively, two months, sixty days, there would be nothing to cook in the houses of Rasulullah No fire would be lit because there was nothing to cook. So what must the fire be lit for? So the Sahabi asked Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, so how you survived? The Tabi'i who had come to ask the question, say, how did you survive then? Two months, nothing cooked? How did you survive? Say, at-tamaru wal-ma, on dates and water. Two months in a row, surviving on dates and water. So neither is financial position the basis for success. Allah Ta'ala doesn't judge a person's success on this basis. It's a neutral matter. person can earn his akhirat with it also. He can destroy his akhirat with it also. He can make his dunya a place of comfort for himself. He can make the dunya a piece of jahannam for himself. With that same word. So neither is this a basis of any success, nor a person's social standing, a person having a very high position in society. That doesn't mean anything that this has now brought about the success for a person. None of these things, wealth, position, status, family lineage, person's nationality, his color, what language he speaks, none of these things have any basis to do with whether a person is successful or not. That's not the yardstick. What is the basis of success? The basis of success is sifat. Qualities. So what makes a person? It makes him for dunya, it makes him for akhirah. And throughout the Quran Sharif and the hadith of Rasulullah this is what has been highlighted. Sifat. And unfortunately, this is what we neglect. Most is what we neglect is sifat. Even a'mal, actions. To some extent, we would become conscious of a'mal. Alhamdulillah, that too is a very great thing. The person becomes conscious of a'mal, that too is a very great thing. So now a person starts becoming a little conscious, he becomes conscious of his salah, alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah. It's part of an amal. Very great amal, the first amal he'll be asked about on the day of Qiyamah. So he becomes conscious of his amal, his salah. Person wasn't discharging his zakat, he becomes conscious of that, he starts perform discharging his zakat. Somebody now is, years have passed and hajj had already become first upon him. He becomes conscious of his amal now, he starts preparing for hajj. Person, many a person wasn't fasting in the month of Ramadan. Then he got inspired some way for some whether it was some talk of deen, he went out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, he sat in one talim, something affected him, he now becomes conscious of fasting in the month of Ramadan. So mashallah, all this is excellent, these are very great amal, these are the pillars of deen. But sometimes, despite becoming conscious in amal, yet we neglect sifat. The thought also doesn't go that I have to improve in sifat. Amal are they obvious. Without those amal, we can't get anywhere. But even in those amal, what will make those amal really acceptable in the sight of Allah Ta'ala are the sifat. The sifat in those amal. And the sifat with which those amal are performed. Otherwise, the amal of salah, for example, 
is that amal of salah is performed without the sifat that are necessary. Then the hadith sharif it comes that that salah is then taken like a dirty rag and flung back at the face of the person. Now he performed the salah, but he performed it haphazardly. No khushu khudu, no proper performance of the ruku, of the sajda, the qoma, jalsa. Just getting done with it, a lot of haste. Now he did the amal, but the sifat were missing. Lack of the sifat, that salah gets flung at him like a dirty rag. Allah so the thing that makes a person a sifat, and it's sifat also that attracts people to deen. In the time of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, he is the khalifa, he is the amirul mu'mineen. And he lost one armor of his, just suddenly went missing. Might have probably been left somewhere, somebody took it away. Some time later, it was noticed by a Yahudi, a Jew. So, Ali radiallahu noticed it. And he realized this is his armor, the signs were all there. He was 100% certain about it, this is his. How did this Jew get it? So he brought the person to the Qazi, Qazi Shurei. Qazi Shurei was a Tabi'i. He was appointed as the Qazi by Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Now, the Amir al-Mu'mineen is Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Qazi Shurei is appointed by him as the judge. He brings the case to the court of Qazi Shurei. What is the problem? Says this Yahudi has got my, my armor. Says that you have any witnesses to this? So now he had one witness, his son. And the other witness is his slave. Says well the son's witness and testimony is not acceptable in the favor of the father. So this testimony is not acceptable. Bring another witness. Somebody else to come and testify on your behalf. So you say, well I don't have anybody else as a witness. Now who is demanding that you bring somebody else? The judge who he appointed. He is the Amirul Mu'mineen. He is the ruler. So this Jew is denying it. This is mine. He says, not yours. Where are the witnesses? Well these two witnesses. No, one person's testimony is not acceptable. We need two witnesses. One is not acceptable, bring somebody else in his place. I don't have anybody else. Nobody else knows about it. Well, you can't pass judgment in your favor. So, Ali addresses that Jew and he says to him, Well, I can't prove it's mine. I don't have two witnesses. So, you may take it now. What can I do? It's yours. You have claimed it's yours. I claimed it's mine. But the burden of proof is on my head because it's currently in your possession. It's in your control. I don't have the witnesses. So the judgment was passed against Hazrat Ali in favor of the Jew. When the Jew saw this, he immediately admits firstly, he says, look, what I have seen here, that this is it, it's now mine, because you don't have witnesses, the judge you appointed is passing judgment against you. Yes, that's suppose that's it. That's the justice. He says, La ilaha illallah. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. He says, this armor is yours. 
after what I've seen, I want to become part of this deen also. Now what brought him? Justice of Islam. This is a quality. It's a sifat. It's an amal as well. To act it out. To apply that justice. But to what extent that will be applied is to what extent justice exists in the person. How just is his heart? How much of adal is there in his life? Or is there zulm in his life? If there's zulm, he won't be able to apply any justice. He'll be all the time cutting corners to do something that will be zulm. And there'll be various ways in which it'll be just explained away, well, somehow or the other, just make some kind of excuse. And in the process, we are committing zulm on others. So it is this other that brought people into Islam. It is the sifat of forgiveness, of compassion, of kindness, of generosity that warm the hearts of people to deen. So in any case, this ayat, this, these ayat of the Quran Sharif also, Allah Ta'ala says, Qad aflahal mu'minun, indeed the believers are successful. So who is successful? Mu'minun. This is the first sifat, the first attribute and quality for success. That only the believers will be successful. Nobody else. The rest of it is just a deception. And in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, that had it not been that everybody would rush towards the dunya and even sell their iman. Had it not been this, لَجَعَلْنَا لِمَنْ يَكْفُرُ بِالرَّحْمَانِ لِبُيُوتِهِمْ سُقُفًا مِنْ فِضَّةِ وَمَعَارِجَ عَلَيْهَا يَظْهَرُونَ وَلِبُيُوتِهِمْ أَبْوَابًا وَسُرُرًا عَلَيْهَا يَتَّكِعُونَ وَزُخْرُفًا وَإِن كُلُّ ذَلِكَ لَمَّا مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Had it not been that everybody will just rush headlong into kufr. Allah Ta'ala says that in this dunya it's so worthless to us. This dunya is so worthless to us that those who reject Allah Ta'ala we may yakfuru rahman Those who reject Allah Ta'ala he would have given them homes with roofs made of silver, pure silver. Steps to climb on it made of pure silver. Their couches and beds made of pure silver. Not only that, for Zukhrufa, we'll do the same for them in gold as well. For who? They may yakfuru bir Rahman. Those who reject Allah Ta'ala, we'll give them all this in dunya. Because dunya is so worthless to Allah Ta'ala. Allah says, that the believers are successful. So it's not what a person owns, what he has in terms of sifat. The first sifat is iman. So this quality of iman is something we have to keep checking within ourselves. How much are we enhancing this iman? How much are we strengthening it? To what extent is this iman correct? Are we adulterating it with so many things which are not correct? The first is Iman. And then Allah Ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Who are these believers who are successful? Who have this khushu' in their salah. فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Number one, obviously they have salah. Because that khushu' is going to come in the salah. And if they don't even have the salah, then where is the khushu' going to come? So obviously first that container must be there, now you can pour the milk in it. 
the container is not even there, we're going to pour the milk in. So the first thing is that they will have salah in their lives. And salah in their lives, five times salah. And proper performance of salah. Establishing salah in their lives. And among the most important things in that salah is this khushur. That they have this devotion in their salah. They are immersed in that salah. So number one is the correct, the prop, the complete performance of that salah, five times a day. Whether it's Fajr, whether it's Isha, Zuhar, Asar, Maghrib, every salah. Whether it is winter, whether it is summer. This is extremely important, this is fundamental. That we perform our salah, all five times salah, without the proper performance of salah, and sometimes maybe person performing some salah, missing some, this excludes that we come out of this this declaration of success that Allah Ta'ala is making. Allah Ta'ala is saying, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Who? Those who have salah in their lives. The first aspect Allah Ta'ala mentions. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ They have this complete humility and devotion in their salah. When they perform that salah, then that salah is their mi'raj. So in this ayat, we are being reminded that this, we cannot compromise on salah at all. And therefore we have to make every effort to ensure that number one, that five times salah is being performed. And then for males, it is wajib to perform that salah with jama'ah. In the masjid, unless the masjid is very far away, it's a different matter. One person was blind. He came to ask Rasulullah sallallahu that do I have to attend the masjid? They asked him, can you hear the azan? He said, yes, I hear the azan. He will attend the salah. Without a valid excuse to omit the salah of jama'ah, this is very, very, uh, something viewed in a very serious light indeed. To the extent that Rasulullah sallallahu says that it was my desire that I should appoint somebody else to perform the salah, and I would then go to see who has not come to the masjid without a valid reason. I'll burn their houses down. That was to highlight how serious this is. So salah with jama'ah and fulfilling it in the proper manner, in the correct manner, with all the postures performed correctly. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ And then Allah Ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّهُوِ مُعْرِضُونَ And who are these people who are successful, these believers? They are those who shun all futile things. Now this is the thing that catches a person in his clutches. Futile things. And from futile things, one thing leads to another. First a person is involved in something futile. Futile is something that doesn't have any any benefit obviously. And neither does it have any benefit of dunya. Futile. Waste of time completely. Now a person gets caught up in this futility. And this futility, one thing leads to another. And in this way, this is the bait that shaitan places in front. And gradually from this bait of futility, shaitan reels the person right into complete haram. Many a thing, 
is not even futile, it's harmful already. Some things might be clear khatsan. Some things might not be so directly haram. But they are makro, they are detestable, they are of the level of love, futile. But this all drags a person towards haram. And the Quran Sharif is now highlighting this. That the person wants to be successful, he will have to shun the futile things. If a person just thinks about it, considers how often so many futile things. One of the futile things we get involved in, futile discussions. Meaning of no benefit whatsoever. Discussions just for the sake of now analysis of, well, this happened and that happened. and What is now something happened? Somebody gave us some uh, information, something happened, fine. But now we go into the, each person has his own view of why it happened and why it didn't happen. And each person goes into the depth of it. And in the process, one was now, one, two minutes, something we, fine, over with it. Half an hour will go, one hour will go. But after that half an hour, after that one hour of that discussion, if a person stops to now analyze, if he needs to do the analysis of the whole world, analyze what we got now, what benefit we derived out of this discussion. Can we write down in three lines what benefit we got? We can't even fill one line with it. Three lines is too much. But in that process, how much time went? And forget that discussion with somebody else. Sometimes we're reading the old world's news. And now we're going to be up to date with the news. After having read that news for one hour, stop and think, what did I benefit out of this? And so often, it is not just propaganda, it is total lies. Then the media will wake up one day and say that, no, we apologize for lying. And then they'll carry on, life carries on as normal. We'll lie again a second time and wake up after some time again and apologize for lying. And manufacturing stories. This is how the media carries on. And we spend hours now reading analysis and this and that and the other. But we stop and see, what did we benefit? Did we benefit anything? We gain anything? Did he take us closer to Allah in some way? Did he make us one cent wealthier? Rather we might have lost a lot in that time. We could have done something productive for dunya also. Even if we, at that time a person wasn't engaged in some genie amal, he could have done something productive for dunya. But very often as a result of this, the work of deen also, the amal of deen get neglected, even the person's dunya work gets neglected. His deen gets neglected, even his dunya work gets neglected. Many a person is complaining that it becomes so difficult to get any work done because those who are sometimes taken on for a task, some job, the time is just being wild away, futile things, person maybe now and then is on his phone and as a result, the productive time is all lost. So deen is affected, dunya is affected. And then nowadays how everything happens that Lahu starts off reading news, then the person says, no, some link just popped up. It wasn't just some link popped up. Shaitan knew from where to pop up. And now that person that some link popped up, and then he says his eyes popped out. And then one thing, before he knew it, Allah forbid, all that tahajjud and that tilawat of the Quran Sharif and what not, 
Everything was washed down the drain. This is Shaitan's choice tool in this time and age. Shaitan's best hook when a person goes fishing and he wants to find the best hook depending on what size fish he wants to catch. This is the best hook and bait and everything Shaitan has found ready made. So, this is not just futile, it's gone beyond futile. And when this cycle commences, Allah protect us, Allah Ta'ala save us, it becomes a vicious cycle. Then a person says, I'm making Toba every day and every day I'm doing the same wrong. In the morning I wake up and I make Toba, and by the end of the day I'm already back in the same sin. And I'm, the person, his dunya is now collapsing also, his deen has collapsed, as a result of that engagement in that haram, his dunya is collapsing also. His marriage is collapsing. And then his work of dunya is also collapsing. He's neglecting everything. So this lahu is outwardly sounds like a very light thing. I mean that they shun futile things. But it's not just something just by the way. We can imagine how serious it is that the second out of the many sifat that have been mentioned in this in these ayat that are in Surah Al-Mu'minun, at the beginning of Surah Al-Mu'minun, the second quality Allah Ta'ala mentions about the successful believers. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّهُوِ مُعْرِضُونَ That they shun all this futility. This is such a broad aspect. The Mufassirin explain, one meaning of futility is this. The things that are of no benefit in deen, no benefit in dunya also. Rather this is a stepping stone towards makru and haram. Apart from that, lahu, say getting caught up in futile arguments, or somebody said something, if somebody saw it as also, what harm did that do to us? What it lessened it picked, did somebody swearing take one cent away from us? Somebody saw at us. That was wrong. 100% wrong. He's not supposed to do it. It's a serious thing. To swear at a Muslim, Sebabul Muslim Fusuk. That swearing at a Muslim is fisk. Fisk means Al Khuruj and Ta'atillah. That a person has come out of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So now the declaration that is being made, he's a disobedient person. We can't tolerate a father saying, this is my disobedient son. Nabi Islam is saying that this is a disobedient servant of Allah Ta'ala. So to swear the Muslim is a serious wrong. But the person who swore at us, what did it lessen from us? Did he take one cent away? Did it really make any difference to the person? Nothing. If there's a difference, is how we take it. Either we'll become very embroiled in that and we'll become so caught up in it and crossed in it that why he said this and how dare he say it and as a result our whole sleep went away or otherwise we just ignore it what difference it made he did whatever he did it gave me an opportunity to make some suburb this became an opportunity to get closer to Allah Ta'ala inna Allah by means of making suburb on this I got the ma'iyat of Allah Ta'ala this person became the means he gave me this opportunity. One person used to keep uh, talking ill of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. 
and Imam Muhammad got to know about this. He was a neighbor as well. He would keep sending gifts to him. After some time, this person felt ashamed. Now, every day I'm talking ill about him, and he's sending these gifts. Maybe he he has a lot of liking for me. He feels something, and he has a good thought about me. So he stops doing what he was doing. So after he stopped doing that, from this side also the gift stopped. He found this very strange. Is while I was abusing him, while I was talking ill about him, while I was doing this harm to him, I was getting these gifts. Now I stopped this. He expected now that gift should come double up. So that stopped. So he finally went up and asked him that, I find this very strange. While I was talking ill about you, while I was abusing you, and you were sending gifts to me, now that I stopped this, you stopped giving the gifts. So now this was actually these great personalities, we know ordinary people, they had a very, very tactful manner of how to give a person a good lesson in life. He said, you see actually, the issue was, while you were abusing me, while you were talking ill about me, you were giving me your good deeds, such a valuable thing. I couldn't match that. You were giving me your deeds, I couldn't do that. I couldn't part with my deeds because I don't, I can't afford to do that. But at least in return I was giving you some dunya. So you were giving me something, I was giving you something. You were giving me your deeds, you were giving me your good deeds, your amal. I couldn't really match that, that was beyond me. I couldn't afford to give my deeds away. I was just giving you some dunya in return. So in any case, this is the way that they just looked at this and dismissed it. Didn't get involved in it, didn't get engrossed in it. One person starts walking alongside Imam Muhammad rahimahullah and he is saying all kinds of abusive things to him. And they are walking along quietly, Imam Muhammad is just listening to him, not saying a word. And eventually they come to one point, Imam Tawah says to him that look, my house is on this direction, you going the other direction, I'll just wait here. So whatever you have to say still, rather you finish off, must not be that I go in my direction and then you still feel unfulfilled. I still had a lot to say. But he went away, he ran away from here. So I'll wait. Say what you need to say. So that you feel that you've done it. You've said, you offloaded whatever you're going to say. And they went on with life that nothing happened. They were the people who applied the fire. That it didn't affect them in any way. Shah Ismail Shaheed Rahimahullah, very great personality, great alim of deen, he is giving a talk in the Jama Masjid of Delhi. Huge gathering, thousands of people. And one person stands up in the middle of that gathering. He was actually somebody who was paid to create mischief. So all this was planned in advance. He was being paid a very good amount of money to now do this. So always there are people who are Sometimes, Allah forbid, they are ready to do anything, any fitna, any mischief, any kind of create problems, create some kind of friction, say something here, say something there, cause problems and fights. But why are they doing it? Somebody else behind the scenes is funding it. There's somebody trained to create that mischief. There's somebody wanting to see that discord, that disunity. So now, there will be those who get caught up in that. That's nothing to really do and collect so much for it. 
So in any case, this is the aspect that we need to now focus on. So, we're talking about this uh, Shah Ismail Shaheed Rahmatullah He is now giving this talk in the middle of this huge gathering. And one person stands up and he says that we have heard that you are an illegitimate person. Can you imagine in the middle of a huge gathering a person of that caliber and position and he is being told in this manner that we have heard that you are an illegitimate person. What worse kind of abuse can they be to a person on his face in such a gathering? But these are people who loved this ayat. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ He very calmly replied to the person in the middle of his talk, he stopped and he said to him, brother you are mistaken the witnesses to my parents' nikah are still living. There are people in certain place, certain place, they are still living, they were present in my parents' nikah you can go and verify it yourself he said this much and then he continued with the talk like nothing happened. It didn't even change his tone وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ They don't get caught up in all these things. They don't take these reactions. Because they understand that this is behind the scenes is shaitan. Behind the scenes shaitan is stirring this. Because shaitan wants to see this. Shaitan wants to see it in any level in society, whether it is in a community, whether it is in a uh, one home, whether it is between spouses, whether it is between parents and children, whether it is between family members, shaitan is all the time trying to do this. In the Hadith Sharif it comes, that Iblis, the big shaitan, he puts out his throne onto the ocean. And then he sits down and he asks all these smaller shayateen to come and give a report back of what they did. The Hadith mentioned in Mishkar Sharif, other books of hadith. So now one shaitan comes, one small shaitan comes and he says, I made somebody miss his salah. So he says, well, okay, but not so, nothing too great to talk about. Then another person comes and says, well, I made this person lie. He says, okay, this too you find, you did something, but not so great. Third person comes, says, I did this, made the person steal, I made the person commit zina. And all these things, Iblis says, well, okay, fine, not something so much to talk about. Until one fellow comes and he says, I created discord between husband and wife. And I escalated it. And it got worse as the time went. It came to the point where I finally brought the situation where they broke up. And I created the situation where the talaq took place. Iblis stands up. Mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. Iblis stands up. And he embraces this fellow. And he says, you did something. You did something. This is now shaitan's job. This is full-time job. And this is shaitan's first prize. This kind of discord and disharmony and breaking of relationships, breaking of family ties, breaking of the relationship between spouses, between parents and children. All shaitan's job. But those who get saved from it are who? وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّهُ وَمُعْرِضُونَ They see behind this. They see what is behind the scenes. When a doctor is treating somebody, 
So now he says that I've got a fever, and I've got some pain, and all kinds of symptoms, I'm feeling dizzy, I'm feeling nauseous. The doctor doesn't start treating the nausea first. Doesn't start treating the dizziness first. First he tries to start investigating what's the underlying cause. What's the underlying reason for this nausea? What's the underlying reason for this fever? Something is causing this fever. The fever is a symptom of something behind the scenes. So likewise, that discord, that disharmony is a symptom. That problem is a symptom. There's something behind the scenes. And more often than not, it is just the mischief of shaitan. He's pulling the strings. He's whispering something here, whispering something there, creating the discord and disharmony, and making all the kind of drama take place. So now the person who is looking at what's happening behind the scenes, he'll then act on this ayat. He'll just move away from there. I can't get myself caught up in this lahu. So this is what we need to now very consciously reflect upon. That we want to be successful. Every person wants to be successful. No sane person says he doesn't want to be successful. person who says, no, I don't aspire to be successful. Now I want to be unsuccessful. Such a person will be regarded as something is wrong with him. Mentally he can't be right. Now, every person wants to be successful. Allah Ta'ala is giving the prescription of the success. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ that they shun this futility. And now, as we have been repeatedly discussing over the past few weeks, this is at that time of the year, where not futility alone, futility reaches its peak, and past futility. Every kind of haram also starts inviting at the top of its voice. Only something whispers, shaitan whispers. Now all the evil and vice and the fitna and the haram, it's shouting at the top of its voice, to attract everybody's attention and try to ensnare everybody in that trap. Now a person who wants to be successful, he understands dunya is a very temporary place. How long are you going to be in dunya? This is a place of sacrifice after all. Those who will strive, Allah Ta'ala says in our path, strive to acquire the hidayat, we will then open the ways of hidayat for them. But there is a striving involved. That mujahada against the nafs, that mujahada against those wasabis of shaitan, that mujahada against all the other base desires, and the mujahada to stay away from that lahu, from that futility, and obviously from the haram, because shaitan leads one thing to the other. From that lahu, it goes into something deeper, then the person's eyes are now involved in sin, his ears are involved in sin, then now his heart is immersed in that filth and sin. Then the person now is in the masjid also and his heart is still in that same dirt. He's making sajda also and that's the same thing that is in his heart and mind. So, the end result of this, Allah Ta'ala protects us and saves us. A person's deen and his dunya both start crumbling. Allah Ta'ala is giving us that prescription to save ourselves, to become successful. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّهُ مُعْرِضُونَ May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we become among those who perform our salah with that complete khushu, that five times daily salah on time and with that complete khushu 
and we act upon this prescription for becoming successful. Inshallah Allah give tawfiq will continue with this discussion on one of the next programs. Allah give us the tawfiq of becoming completely subservient to his commands, fulfilling all whatever Allah has given us and following in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.